0: No, i double down on this and, and say personally, this is the most important thing that I've learned in Enneagram in terms of my family life. I don't know that there's a close second. Hey friends, this is Jeff. DJ and I recently sat down with our friend Tyler Zach, who hosts conferences. This year Tyler has created an online gathering called the ENIA Summit which focuses on the dynamics of love and relationships. We enjoyed our conversation so much we invited Tyler back and as we enter February the three of us will be working through four different ways that our type pairs with others. If you get into this material we will be posting links to the ENIA Summit in the show notes of the last episode. The other online speakers are going to include Suzanne Stabile, Jesse Eubanks, Kristen Harden, Dr. Sam Greenberg, Lindsay Frazier, and many others. Uh, If you find this meaningful, drop us your thoughts on Instagram or give us some stars on iTunes and Spotify. And as always, may all good things be yours. I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. Slow
1: Well, hello, welcome back. I'm here with my friends, Jeff Cook and TJ Wilson, and this is part three of our series. Uh, you can go back and watch the first conversation, which is how Enneagram stances affect our connection with loved ones. The second conversation was how affect groups affect our, con- our connections with loved ones. And then today we're gonna be talking about how conflict styles affect our connections with loved ones. So to begin, um, Jeff and TJ, I think it's going to be helpful to uh, kind of define some terms and talk about uh, language when we talk about conflict styles, because there's a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of kind of overlapping terms. And I know uh, TJ, you just googled conflict styles just a minute ago, and a whole host of you know uh, information came up with different language. So, for those who might not be familiar, like what are the conflict styles, and and why are they a big deal?
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Not a lot uh, work has been done on this yet. Uh, and so a lot of the stuff that TJ and I have done has been trying to kind of pull all the, the goodness together, put it in one spot, comment on it. And from that, you know, there's been a lot of innovation. I feel like in, in our work, uh, we call the conflict styles, coping styles. They have been called, uh, the harmonic group by Riso and Hudson and others, Um, but the big idea here is how does your type solve problems? And lo and behold, the, the numbers divide into three very clean sets that are really worth talking about here. There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of similarities between the three sets and that's kind of where we're going.
2: Yeah. There's uh, this idea of coping style is like Jeff said, like what, how do you get what you want when you can't get what you want? Like, how do you have fights? How do you face obstacles when your primary motivation, when your primary way of doing things isn't working? And, uh, like, this is really great information to have for relationships because maybe I'm, you know, speaking German and my wife is actually speaking Italian and we don't understand why we can't understand each other. And lo and behold, it's because we come to problems in a, in very different ways.
1: Yeah. So stances is about how to get what you want. I'm in this sort of stance so I can assert myself and get people out of the way who are in my way and overcome obstacles to get what I want. But this conversation is important, uh, because it's, it's conflict solving problem solving and how, like, as you said, TJ, how to get what you want when you can't get what you want. Does that sound about right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Big idea. For those of you who are familiar with Graham, the Enneagram, here's a big idea. You are in your center when you are feeling comfortable in your type, your type, you're trying to get what you want. So as a one I'm trying, feel good. Twos are trying to feel love. Threes are trying to feel successful, etc. cetera. When you're getting that you're centered, right? When you don't get that, you begin to pivot. You begin to push towards stress. But before you get to stress, something happens. What ends up happening is you cut off. Most of the types cut off their secondary center and they elevate their repressed center. This is one, twos, fours, fives, sevens, eights, all cut off their secondary center and elevate their repressed center. What threes, sixes, and nines do is they repress or they cut off their primary center. This is where the combination is. I realize you might have to listen to this five times to get the idea, but as it stands, the secondary center for ones and fives are the same. It's their feelings. They cut off their feelings and they elevate their repressed center. And so they're actually using tools of thinking and intuition to get what they want. Twos and uh, sevens, both their secondary center is action, which they cut off and they elevate thinking and feeling to get what they want. And for fours and eights, their secondary center is thinking. They cut that off. They elevate feeling and action to get what they want this ends up being the coping style that it is the combination of your primary center and your repress center for, for those types for three, sixes and nines. What happens is nines who are body centered are going to repress even harder their intuitional center for threes. They're going to repress even harder their feeling center. And for sixes, they're going to repress even harder their thinking center. That's going to push them into again, elevating those other two centers to get what they want. And when you look at the combinations then, ones, threes, fives are, are all elevating action and thinking. Twos, sevens, and nines are all elevating feeling and thinking, and four, sixes, and eights are all elevating feeling and action. It's really the repression of your secondary center that is, is how we solve problems. It's all theoretical, but once once we put language to it, it's it's super interesting and clean.
1: Yeah, if if you don't know much about the enneagram, and you come and you take a test, and you, you reveal it reveals that you're a type three like me, and I'm in the feeling center, that might not make not make sense to me or make sense to my wife, uh, because my feelings are repressed. Like like you said, I use feelings to intuit what other people need and want me to be who they want me to be. Um, but in, in terms of like expressing my emotions and being in touch with my feelings, that's uh, that's I've got work to do because that's repressed. That's really really helpful. And I'm in the competency triad, so I even su- 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 I suppress my emotions even more. In con- let's talk
0: about competency triad.
1: <laughs> uh, like what numbers are belong to the competency competency triad again, and uh, what do we need to know about that?
0: Ones, threes, and fives solve problems with action and competency so ones want to earn wholeness we're going to shut down our emotions we're going to focus on what is right we're going to think through what's right and we're going to act on it and there it is in terms of we are thinking through something and acting on it threes are going to want to take hold of excellence when they're not getting the excellence desired they're going to shut down their emotions they're going to focus on the goal the goal is intellectual what is the goal thinking through it and then they're going to act in order to get it. And for fives, fives are gonna withdraw in order to get wisdom, and that actually is an action. They're gonna shut down their emotions, focus on what's the data, what's the insights, what can I take hold of here in order to feel, you know, and to engage the the wisdom and insight that I want in the world. All of these, and this is the really important thing, all of these three types, in order to solve problems, they're not getting their primary motive all of them in order to solve problems are cutting off feeling in order to get back to center and feel like they're getting their motive fulfilled.
2: So another way of of thinking about this the. these types, when they fight, when they come up against obstacles that are a little bit more difficult than they're used to, when when things are, when it's a rough situation at work or at home or or something's going badly at school, these types want to take their emotions and set them aside for a few minutes and figure out the rights or or cleanest solution to the problem. If the dog is getting out of the yard, it's not about the dog, it's about how do we solve this problem. If like like all of the things that might come to these types and and give them obstacles, they want to solve this by putting aside their emotions and getting to the best
1: solution. It's great how you can nuance this a little bit too. Uh, or to see, first of all, to see the commonality is that okay, with ones and fives, we're going to act very similar in conflict. We're going to we're going to try to get rid of emotions because it's not helping our purpose. Uh, but for ones, I know some ones who have said that they really like structure in conflict. Yep. So they'll even it can come off a little strange to coworkers or other people who don't get what they're doing but they'll come back and say hey here's the here's the structure or the outline or the flow for how we can attack this problem. Yep. And what they're doing is this there's a right way to do conflict. And for me as a 3 um I I have to confess that at t- this wasn't un- uh, conscious at first but I really want to look good in conflict. I want to look like I have my crap together. I don't want to Blow a gasket, and maybe this is the self-prez talking, but I, I don't want to look bad in conflict, right? Uh, so there's a there's an even an image element to uh, to the threes coolness in conflict, uh, but and then for fives, yeah, I think like you said, it's the data. It's it, it's to bring any sort of emotion into it, it would just make this irrational. And we're trying to make things better. <laughs> we're trying to work through this, and we can't have irrationality flying around here. We can we need to do this in a very rational way and be obje- be objective here.
0: Yep. Yeah. Lots to say there, but that's good.
1: Um, anything more about the, the competency tread?
0: I think we're, we're going to pull a lot out as we start com- talking about the combinations, oh. but, but yeah, the bit, the big idea of what's the data, what's the goal, mm-hmm. what is right ends up materializing as primary. And so your feelings don't matter. What matters is the data. Your feelings don't matter. What matters is the goal. Your feelings don't matter. What matters is what's right. That's how we solve the problem at hand. It's good. Okay. Let's talk about the
1: positive outlook group.
0: Positive outlook is going to, again, it's coming out of motive. When the two cannot earn the love that they desire, they're going to spin things positive in the relationships that they have and insert themselves. It's okay. No problem here. I'm here to help. And the I'm here to help is very, is optimistic. This is a solution. So too, the nine, when the nine, cannot get the shalom desired? There's going to be a spinning of the problem at hand. It's like, look, everything's fine. We're all fine here. I don't know why we're all getting uptight. And just the positive outlook there is seeking to combat the feeling that things are out of control and chaotic. And so too, the seven, the seven wants to take hold of joy. They're not experiencing the joy that they want. You're going to spin things positive. You know what? There's probably something fun over here. Notice this—it's a problem-solving. Their motive isn't being fulfilled, so I'm going to solve the problem by taking this optimistic posture and elevating, you know, something that 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 has that glasses half full, you know, kind of outlook to it. There's the thing that's important here is there's no action. What there is is a dressing up. There's a spin taking place. Uh, For sevens, it's a reframing, right? For, but it, in all of these cases there there is something going on in the language of the two seven and nine in relationship and to themselves where they're trying to to take on that positive outlook so that they can get back to center
2: it's it's almost as if these types are um uh trying to skip the problem or ignore it like that there's this intuitional sense of understanding ourselves and our place in the world and and we're all setting that aside I identify with nines we're all setting that understanding of like there really is something going on here that we need to solve we're putting that aside and saying nah there's not a problem here it's gonna be fine it's gonna work itself out or uh for that like Jeff said for that two for twos we don't have to worry about this problem because I'm gonna fix it for you. The, it it's an unproductive sort of doing and inserting yourself in a way that that eliminates the problem by by pretending it's not there. Uh, and then the seven, there's no problem here. Let's go ride bikes. Like the like, it, not wanting to face. Hardship or or the the kind of like stuckedness that sevens are trying to get away from they're they're gonna run away from problems anyway so this positive outlook a, a way to think about it is as though they're all trying to in their own way pretend like there is not a problem here that actually needs to be solved
1: hmm. I appreciate this this group even though I'm not in it because as a as being in the competency group where I want to work through things to get to a positive outcome. Uh, I appreciate somebody who comes to conflict saying, "You know what? It's going to be all right. Like we're going to get through this and just have an optimistic attitude when it when it comes to conflict mm-hmm. rather than a pessimistic attitude. And we can get at the combinations later, but you know, my my wife's a 6 and I'm a 3 and w- when that was a hard thing in marriage is when somebody comes to the conflict to say, "Hey, problem problem problem. <laughs> And it feels like they're saying that everything is going downhill and we're spiraling downward and that there's no hope that makes me want to withdraw and not, not stay in the conflict. So I appreciate this, but I can see the the downside of sweeping things under the rug and causing greater problems down the road. Yep. Anything else? Or do you want to talk about the emotional response group?
0: That last thing that you said is really worth naming that they're, in all things Enneagram, a big theory for TJ and I, in all things Enneagram, there's a high side and a low side. So there's a high side, low side to your stress number, to your motive, et cetera. But to your coping style, there's outstanding elements of positive outlook, outstanding elements of of solving problems competently, outstanding elements of solving things with an emotional response. And there's also a severe negative that needs to be named and and we'll probably I'll, I'll try and unveil that as we're going. Yep, gotcha.
1: Okay, uh, and to be clear, because I've heard this two different ways, do you guys call it the emotional response group or re- emotional uh, realness group?
0: We say response.
1: Response, okay,
0: yeah. The reason that we call 468s emotional response is because they are trying to get an emotional response from the people in front of them. That's how the problem is being solved. The problem is not being solved by actually addressing the problem. The problem is being solved because I'm getting your emotional response to the problem and ensuring that we're on the same team. That's the target. The eight, the six, and the four all want you on their side, seeing the world the way they do. In order to do that, they're going to elevate their emotions and try to get you to empathize with where they're at. Here's what I'm afraid of. Here's what I'm angry about. Here is the thing that is, you know, what would it be? Not right with the world isn't, uh, you know... How would the four? Uh, it's, I mean, I wanted to just say this is what we should feel shameful about. But how would the four do this, Teach?
2: So this is actually a really great example of what we're really going to get into. The competency group sees problems in a certain way. The positive outlook group sees problems in a certain way and the emotional response group sees problems in a certain way. So when Jeff was talking about like at the very beginning of talking about emotional response, he says they don't want to solve the problem. They want to solve the emotional part of the problem. Fours, sixes, and eights see the conflict as an emotional conflict to be solved. If there is a physical issue, that's fine. We'll deal with that when we get yeah. to it. The problem that we need to solve is the emotional state that has arisen from the potential, like, catalyst that was in front of us. The competency group only sees the catalyst, the emotional thing is something to be set aside. Yes. And so, when four sixes and eights come to these kinds of problems, they want to solve the relational issue. They want to say, The dog got out of the yard. The problem isn't the dog. The problem is, I'm mad at you for right. letting the dog get out of the yard. Good. Okay. Yeah. Like that. The, so, all of these types come to the emotional space of
0: the problem. They want to know if you're on team four. Are you on team six? Are you on team eight? That's mm-hmm. what matters. The problem doesn't yep. matter. I want to know if you're on my team, right? And so when when it's the case that my motive isn't being fulfilled, I need to address who is on my side first. Right. That's good. Yeah, I think if
1: I'm not mistaken, I think it was uh, Seth Abram, and he he does the Fathoms podcast with Drew Moser, uh, who wrote the Enneagram of Discernment. I think they use emotional realness, and the the way that the reason they do that is because the, the outlook group kind of isn't real because they kind of, they're overly positive and the competency group Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. may not be real because they're too calm and collected and trying to, trying to use their head to fix it. Whereas the fours, uh, sixes and eights are a little bit more uh, like emotionally real and authentic and raw in, in that moment. They want you to be respond in a real way. Uh, But I, I really, I like what you guys are saying in terms of, the emotional response or trying to get an emotional response, a, a real response out of you uh, because that's what it means to be human.
0: To build on that, notice this is the triad that restricts thinking. So like cognitively addressing problems is not how problems are solved here. We don't need to think about the problems. We need to act on our emotions. We need to act on our reciprocated care for each other. You see the same way that, as I do is is really the target and it might be the case that there's you know there's there's no logic at all to that is i want to have the emotional connection we can deal with thinking through things later
2: well and uh, like in in their own way of course so fours only see the the heart centered like that is yeah. how they see everything in the yeah. world so of course that's the thing that needs to be addressed Sixes struggle with productive thinking and really lean into their emotional their their heart understanding of themselves and the world so that is the problem that they come to first that is the part of the problem that makes the most sense to them so they want that's the place where they want to go when they're solving conflict eights i i think that eights come to the this space because that's the part that's that's sort of if it's about fixing something physical, that we don't have to worry about. That's not a conflict. That's not a problem to be solved because we're just going to do that. The thing that needs to be solved is the thing that I, do, I understand the least, that I'm, I'm less certain is going to just be fixed by me enacting my will in the world. So let's resolve this so that we can get back to living our lives.
0: Yeah. If, if the eight could have solved the problem when they were centered just by acting on their thinking, the problem would have got then solved. Then it's not a problem. The fact yep. that it's a problem means they weren't able to fix it. Yes. And now it becomes a vulnerability. Now it becomes a, okay, I need to circle the wagons. Sue's on my side? Do you see the injustice I do? Do you see the world the way I do? And I'm going to push you a little bit to, make, to, to see if you're on team eight.
1: Yeah. I mean, having worked through all three of these groups now, I, I really value the the healthy side of all of them and what they're trying to do. And when when me and my wife got into marriage fights early on, I, I could have if I would have known this, it would have been really helpful.
0: No, I double down on this and and say personally, this is the most important thing that I've learned in Enneagram in terms of my family life. There's nothing and I don't know that there's a close second. Mm-hmm. The the stuff that we're going to talk about here in a second is the most important stuff that I've ever that I've learned. Mm.
1: All right. Well Let's keep, let's keep going. Uh, Do you want to say anything more about these three groups before we dive into the pairings and kind of flesh out how this looks like in real relationships?
0: Image of restricting reason, restricting action, restricting feeling. If you can name that in yourself, if you can name that in your partner, if you can name that in your kid, it's going to be a a lot of the problem is going to at least have context for you to understand it. From the competency group. That's obviously not am coming <laughs> to family problems, as you need to understand this. But
1: say those three again, Jeff.
0: Your four six eights are restricting reason. Two seven nines are restricting action. One three fives are restricting feeling. Oftentimes if you get in a fight with a one, three five who's in your house, you want them to feel the way you do, and that's not how they solve problems.
1: I just heard my wife say, Amen. From the other floor.
0: Yep. (laughs) And so, too, for the 468, they don't reason when they're problem solving. And you might appeal to them in that space, and it's not going to work because that's not where they are. And so, to the 279, you could say, you need to act. You need to do something of this sort. Stop ignoring it. It's not how they solve problems.
1: It's good. Very good. Okay. How about let's talk about the competency group with the positive outlook group. So relationships between those. So the the one threes and fives and the twos, sevens and nines.
0: So this is TJ and I there, it is going to be the case. Something breaks. What can be very valuable is kind of what we said before. One of us is thinking through solutions. One of us is stabilizing things emotionally everything's going to be fine. And then the other person is saying, okay, this is what we need to do to fix things. And so that does have an energy to it that can be incredibly helpful. And if done in tandem, if everybody knows their, their job and their place and they allow what the other is speaking over them that, I mean, there's really an engine there for moving things back to center as it were, even at the worst spaces. What, what can go wrong is when the two seven nine choose not to act at all. in the one, three, five, get frustrated that, you know, nothing's moving here. We're not getting back to, to actual practical solutions. And then there's disconnect. I'm going to live in non-action. I'm going to live in, you know, not appreciating, I suppose, the feelings of the two, seven, nine, there's real positives to how we solve problems. And there can be, you know, the downside when we don't actually connect over our problem solving strategy.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of ways in which these two things can really help complement each other because, like, positive outlook types can can sort of help give perspective that may be missing from ones, threes, and fives. It's, it's often the case that between me and Jeff, he is trying to solve a problem that I notice isn't an actual problem. Right. Like... And that's part of what the positive outlook brings here, is that like, th- th- I understand that you see this thing, and also it's not a big deal, nobody cares. We're just gonna move on. It's That's yeah,
0: perfectly said. That should have been footnoted. Sometimes the one, three, and five are trying to advance a problem that doesn't need to be seen as a problem. And, and so it might be the case that the 279 come in and say, look, seriously, I think we're overblowing this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And
2: the exact flip side of that is yep. that we, th- two sevens and nines, often ignore problems that need to be addressed. And the one, three, and five come to this and say, what are you doing about this thing? Yep. And the two, seven, nine says, what thing? I can't see anything there. It doesn't look like anything to me. And the one, three, and five says, yeah, we're we're not playing that game. We need to fo- solve this. Let's do it.
1: yes. I just appreciate. I think I can see the positives between these groups of kind of moving together towards uh, towards a future and staying staying positive and hopeful through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think a lot of, a lot could be swept under the rug, or you might not get to the bottom yeah. of a problem if you're just kind of trying to avoid it or think logically about it. You're not going to get the heart stuff out that needs to get out in order to heal.
2: Right. Yeah. A, a special note: common wisdom is that that twos. Are the type that is most likely to to be involved in codependence, uh, problematic codependence, and and allowing so to picture the parent who ignores their child's drug addiction until it's too late. Like this kind of behavior, this this is a great example of a positive outlook kind of mindset. And when these types are in when when positive outlook and competency are in conflict with each other you have this situation where a positive outlook is ignoring a very serious problem the competency group sees this issue completely differently and wants to say why are you ignoring this problem this is something that's really gonna gonna be an issue eventually and or, or this needs to be addressed right now. There's, there's got to be some middle ground. But you have to start from understanding that the person across the table from you sees this in a very different way. The positive outlook group is n- often not conscious that that's what they're doing. They don't see this as a, as an emotionless, data-driven problem that needs to be solved. Yeah, twos see a, a. Someone that they love with all of their being and they will do anything for. And they want the best for that person, but they may not see some of the issues that need to be addressed in that relationship because of their love and care for that person. There's just a very different perspective.
0: Yeah, it's worth naming that we fall into these coping styles very fast and without thought. Like nobody's saying, "Oh, well, now is the time that I'm going to solve problems intellectually." Nope. Default. You yep. you get hit. You're not getting what you want. How how do you normally cope? And that's the coping style.
1: And we're just misreading each other. Yep. Uh, or making assumptions right off the bat. So if, if my wife comes and and expresses a concern in a very concerning way to me, uh, with and it feels like she has no hope for us. Then I'm immediately shutting down, getting more defensive, and I just dig my heels in deeper because uh, we're just we're missing each other. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to talk about your pair. We should talk about your pairing next. There's one one thing I wanted to say because I thought this was really worthwhile in our last podcast. Is notice some of the very common romantic relationships. I want to make everything about romance in these these uh, interviews, but in in romantic couples, you can you can see a little bit more of the dynamic, the unfiltered problem solving that can take place. And this obviously applies to children and coworkers and all the rest, but ones routinely match up with positive outlook. And it should be named that that's very commonly the case because the positive outlook confronts and is a voice against their inner critic. So the two, seven, nine very much like just fantastic relationships for ones because of the positive framing that can often take place. It's also the case that sevens and fives are often in community together. It's often the case that that threes and nines can be and twos and fives huh. can be uh twos and fives in particular is real interesting here one's you know a very thinking dominant one's very feeling dominant. There can be a real uh complementary side to that relationship,
1: yeah, okay well, yeah, I talked about me and my wife, so we can move to that pairing the competency and emotional response. So we got the one threes and fives and the fours, sixes, and
0: eights. Yeah. The goal in problem solving for the four, six, eight is relational and the pro and the goal in problem solving for the one, three, five is going to be action oriented. So that relational action side is going to color this. What needs to be noted, however, is this is that diametrically opposed, you know, Feeling versus thinking going on Mm -hmm. one set of this couple is really going to say the 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 emotions matter most And the other side is going to say no the thinking matters most and so this is kind of you know It's kind of a yin-yang Situation going on here, but if you can get on the same page Then the relational action can have a lot of power
2: There's a real sense of like when these two are, are looking at this at a similar problem, it's almost that they're speaking past each other, just literally just seeing the, the, the conflict, whatever situation in, in very different ways and, and bringing a, a completely different intelligence center to the understanding of it. And, and, we all know what it's like to experience an emotional thing that is devoid of logic. We all know what it's like to to have a feeling that doesn't really make sense but is still present anyway. We all know what it's like to say that's not a logical thing and the like the emotional space it I I don't have space for the emotion here because it doesn't make any sense. Like like there's, the, it's two sides that are really trying to come together and, and not in ways that lock in. So you have to notice that about yourself, about the person across the table first, before you can ever get to really resolving what's happening in front
1: of you. The emotional response group, in bringing up real emotions, makes me really like is can re- if I'm on an unhealthy place or insecure place it triggers my shame. Uh, mm. their their emotional realness can instantly make me feel uh ashamed and then as a three hopeless that things are going to get better. That but for for my wife Lindsay who is in the emotional response group and a 6 who has fears when she brings something up and throws it the yellow flag and says something is wrong here and then I try to Take my feelings out of it and respond very, uh, you know, with my thinking that, or put logic to it. Then I just reinforce to her that I don't think it's that big a deal, and then her fears, just and anxiety, just skyrockets because she's like, "How can we resolve this if you don't think it's a big deal?" That's just kind of mm-hmm. our our pairing.
2: Yeah, there's a um, when four sixes and eights bring forward their emotional space into a, a conflict setting and it gets dismissed by the person across the table from them now they know that that problem is not going to be solved for the four it means if I if I show myself to you and you dismiss my emotions yeah. yep. then you can't see me and I'm not really like we're not here together if the 6 brings their emotion if the 6 brings their fear my partner's a 6 as well and and when she brings very real fears to the table if i'm dismissive because of how ridiculous they sound which i, I will admit is often the case they're like ridiculous fears i i don't i don't take those well i I'm better now than I used to be. <laughs> but like when I am dismissive of her fears, then it shows her that she's not safe with me. It yeah. it makes her feel it makes her feel dumb. It makes her feel ununderstood. It makes her feel like if this problem is not going to be addressed because he thinks it's stupid, then that like I'm unsafe now. And I don't know where we stand as far as the stability of our relationship because now he thinks I'm dumb. Uh, if an eight brings their emotional self to a space and someone dismisses it, then that eight puts up a wall against that person because you will not take advantage of my emotional vulnerability. If you're going to dismiss this, then I'm out. And so there's a a real sense of like when we dismiss the emotional part that these types are bringing forward, it can do serious damage to the relationship that we have with that person.
0: Yeah. This is why you get the push pull dynamic with fours, but it's the same with sixes and eights. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of energy of, of hitting you to see if you're on team four, hitting you to see if you're on team six, you know? And it's, that's not, that's not about them being a jerk. Um, or the eight who's, who's intentionally telling crass jokes to see if you're going to laugh. They're telling the crass joke to see if you accept them at a more foundational level. Mm -hmm. Like it's a testing of the waters that likewise is how sixes are working. It's I'm, I'm telling you my concerns about things in the future in part because you know, I'm, I'm aware of these future concerns, but, but much more importantly is, are you on team six? Are you, are you, um, acknowledging my concerns in a way that makes me feel as though you're loyal and that's what's desired. And it's the same thing. with Ooh, Yeah, this is uh, four, sixes and It's the testing that they do.
1: That's so helpful to know if you're in a relationship with, with one of these three numbers to know exactly, to know what they're doing so that you can yeah. reassure them. Uh, and just to even say something, something as simple as this is a big deal. I mean, that's a, that's a huge statement or to the positive outlook group, like we're going to be okay. (laughs) Uh, just some simple statements like that can really go a long ways, uh, to disarming.
0: I do think that you're, I think you're right in saying it, probably the energy here probably needs to start with the one, three, five. If you're going to solve the problem, the first part of solving the problem is going to have to be you acknowledging how the four, six, eight is coming to you in these ways. You need to get them on board and then you can move forward to solve the problem. Um, as I'm looking at this list again, romantic couple wise, these are not very common, like the pairings just aren't there very often. So uh, obviously you're in a relationship of this sort, Tyler, in terms of the three, six, I know a five, eight couple. I know some one, eight couples and it's not very, everything else isn't very common. So well, I think it's because um, there's more, and I bet you it's part of this.
1: Yeah, it just seems that there'd be more sparks in this combination. Uh, yeah, like we talked about in the stance, the stances. Uh, there, there's some couples that might be a little more flat, but this is definitely where well, the sparks will come in of ones aggressively saying, "Okay, this is how we're going to deal. Here's the here's the process. Here's yeah. how we're." And then you know the emotional realness are they're flaring up and there's just going to be a lot of energy uh, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you, you guys uh, want to move on to the the last uh, pairing, uh, the positive outlook yeah. and emotional yeah. response? Right. So we got the positive two sevens and nines with the emotional response, the fours, uh, sixes, and
0: eights. So again, the four sixes and eights fail to think, two sevens, nines fail to act. It's really that this will be a more much more common uh, romantically, I think, there because in part. You know, action itself isn't necessarily primary here. Um, What is primary is getting on the same emotional page. And so I I think TJ was kind of saying this cleanly in terms of sixes and nines. You know, there's the positive outlook that actually complements and perhaps provides a lot of balm for the sixes concerns. You know, I see twos and eights coming together, you know, the the eight who is fighting the world and the twos here to help you, you know, and and so I mean that's just gonna naturally go to together, but there's there's also the negative. We don't actually move out of this place. One of us is positive, one is us is emotional, and we're not actually addressing some things that might be of actually legitimate you know need of correction.
2: yeah, this is uh, like I said, this is this is my me and my partner uh, a nine and a six and and we have been together for like seventeen years. That's not true. It's maybe fourteen. And we have never had a significant fight because of this because I want to ignore problems and she does not want to lose her safety in in the space of conflict so like when we do have things that we need to to argue about to disagree on it usually starts with an almost fight and then we go our separate ways and we come back to it and we address the thing in hand and four two sevens and nines like we always come to problems wanting to see the way out we always come to problems wanting to see what's on the other side of the problem that's part of what positive outlook is is we'll get to the other side of this and fours sixes and eights want to address the emotionality of the problem and if that's all we have to do then we can do that and fix the fence and know that we're going to be on the other side of this the real problems come in here when any of these types are really sort of in their, in the negative, the unhealthy parts of their problems, where where twos, sevens, and nines might be unwilling to acknowledge and address the emotional issues being brought to the table mm. because of that positive outlook, because they don't know how to face their own inner issues because they don't know how to engage emotionally with the person who's bringing up these problems. That can be a real hindrance to, to twos, sevens, and nines helping, like, being part of the solution in conflict, in relational conflict. When fours, sixes, and eights cannot move out of their own negative emotional space, that can also be a real issue when they can't see the other side the sort of non subjective the objective side of what is coming bring coming to the table when they can't see their own irrationality being brought to the table that can also be a huge problem for these pairings to address issues because if one side says there is no light at the end of the tunnel and the other side can only see the light at the end of the tunnel there's basically you're looking at like they're standing on two opposite sides of the tunnel and refusing to see each other so noticing this coming together i think it's a little easier for this pairing than other pairings but but that's still something that can be a real hindrance to to growth and relational excellence
1: yeah it seems like this pairing might get stuck more i know we talked about that in our previous conversation there's different pairings that might get stuck and have a hard time moving forward seems like this one would be kind of stuck uh, in quicksand a little bit uh with with the emotional realness group kind of or the emotional response group kind of holding them (laughs) holding them in uh, holding them in a a circling pattern like this is a problem this is a problem Mm -hmm. and the the two sevens nines are trying to escape (laughs) trying to how how do i get out of this And I'm like, we're not going because this is a problem and we're not letting you get out of this. And, and even for the eights who are in this sort of stance, you think that they, they're very action oriented. You could think that they might help get the couple or the pairing out of the, out of the, the holding pattern. But sometimes eights will double down. Uh, this, from my perspective, the eights will double down and say, no, they'll continue to fight and fight and fight and fight. Yeah. Uh, and so they can, the, yeah, I can see how the, even though they're action oriented and future oriented, can still get uh, keep this pairing stuck.
0: Yeah, I agree on that. I think the eight. If you're if you're an eight or a seven in one of these relationships, that you know the assertive energy is going to probably take over and pull. But some of the most, uh, like dare I say, some of the most lethargic couples I know end up actually being in this pairing. So a two four co- couple, for example, may there might not be a lot of movement for that couple. You know, um, and and TJ can talk about six, six nines and how hard it is to, for example, get engaged.
2: Yeah, uh, eight years. Might take a while. Eight
0: years. Eight years it took. <laughs> it was me. It was all me.
2: I'll take the blame on that.
0: But there's an energy yeah, yeah. there.
2: Yeah, the amount of weddings that we went to prior <laughs> to engagement <laughs> where my partner, like we were fully invested, just not engaged. And my partner... I'm working a wedding, and she is there crying <laughs> the whole time. yeah, huge problem for us. See, we we overcame it.
0: We figured it out. It's okay. See our episode on stance and how there there's a great example of the reactive type reacting and responding to the mm-hmm. withdrawn energy. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely gonna happen happen here with no you know one three or five right. This is great. Any
1: other last comments before we talk about each of these groups paired with themselves? So the positive outlook and positive outlook, uh, any other comments on the positive outlook and emotional response?
0: Yeah. I think you're going to see, like we've, we've talked about a couple of the pairings that are common in, in romance, but as we get into these other pairings, it's all over the place in terms of you got connected to the person who solves problems the way you do. And I bet you a huge part of it is that you were able to stay in that relationship find some traction, find some grounding because you were solving problems the same way. And it allowed the, you know, the plant to take root as it were. But I bet you a lot of people when, when they separated from a potential lover probably happened here, you know, you were solving problems and then you're just, you suddenly realize you're very different than me in terms of how this is working. And this can be a place if you go back to our episode on attachment styles, you know, when affect groups. This is a place the three, six and nine might decide to detach. This is a place mm-hmm. where one's fours and sevens are gonna get frustrated. There's a place where twos, fives, and eights are gonna say, "You know what? you're re- you're not res- receiving me rejecting me. I don't think I can trust you. It's good.
1: That's really good. Let's talk about uh, positive outlook and positive outlook.
0: My beloved stepfather and mother, were uh, seven and nine. There's all sorts of great things about positive outlook, and problem solving. When both of them are positive, man, that's just sunshine and rainbows when it's when great. uh when it's the awesome. bank, when the bank forecloses on your house, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Until it's not.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then everything's going everything. to be fine as like we'll find a new house.
2: The the mm-hmm. the meme of the dog sitting in the room on fire and <laughs> there's a <laughs> word <laughs> bubble that says <laughs> it's fine. It's that just two of them.
1: Yes. This has to be kind of confusing because I actually did a premarital uh, premarital counseling for a couple that was a seven and nine. And it's got to be confusing to them when they get mad at the other person and they're not exactly sure why. Because <laughs> they're like, I'm keeping things positive. They're positive. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. what's the problem? There's, so, there's a problem, I, I think, but I don't know what the problem well, is. Mo-
0: motive will certainly come into play here. For example, the nine wants to keep everything shalom. Seven wants to go on an adventure, and so that that element is going to pick up. Um, the two being in the relationship with either the seven or the nine is it, that, that actually is going to be a little bit more common. There's the two is going to respond to the sevens, okay, let's let's run over here, and the two is going to respond to the nine saying okay, well, how do we just ensure that things don't break? And you know the positive spin there just is going to color the dynamics of how the problem is, is functioning. But this is, this is one of those, I had mentioned it earlier, but coping style is that bridge between you and your stress number. So you're moving from your motive into stress, but before you get to stress, you're going to try and solve the problem. But if things actually break, you know, the fear of the nine is going to, you know, insert itself. Seven is going to go one in stress and then it's going to be, okay, we need to get things ordered. The two is going to realize that positive outlook isn't working. And you know, the ferocity of, of eight can kind of take over in that, in that space. And so I think if you're in this sort of couple, I'm, I imagine the move into your stress number might be a little quicker. Um, you know, if you're both positive outlook and things still aren't, you know, getting solved uh, through. I was that just thinking
1: solving. of that because I was like, I was going to ask TJ. Okay, if a, if a seven, you're in a relationship with a, a seven, and the seven wants you to do all kinds of fun, crazy things with them, and it's it's interrupting your peace and your harmony in your life. Like, what what's going to happen? How does that conflict get resolved?
2: So, so that's that's part of what is on the table for this pairing is that they are either going to slowly drift away from each other because they didn't really realize that they were drifting away, or they're going to come to blows all of a sudden. So the nine nine moves
1: down to the six and becomes anxious, Mm -hmm. and and then the seven moves to the low side of one and starts getting critical of you for not doing what they want. Uh, and it explodes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really, the explosion isn't taking place in the seven. It's coming out of the nine and the two. It, for those of us who love nines and have actually lived with nines, we know what explosive anger looks like <laughs> from the nine. And it's like, oh, why are you punching holes in the wall all of a sudden? This, it doesn't seem like, uh, this isn't your Enneagram type, <laughs> you know? but there is a hole punched in the wall, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so too, the two. The, the twos, I think, move to eight space, you know, and we we are a little bit more accustomed to that move of okay, you know, now things need to get fixed.
1: I've seen sevens though move to one and like not float away, but pretty quickly go to the low side of one, and get really hypercritical yeah. and start. start mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's the frustrated, reactive element. So it, and it can be a very, you know, again, like, like ones, the anger might go inward. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's, you know, always going, 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 going has gotten us into trouble. Yeah. And so there's actually, there can be a very sheepish stress move for the seven.
1: And twos are, you know, positive, 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 hulk out, <laughs> go to eight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, yeah, it's, and it can get really, can get really angry, uh, after a certain while
2: yep yeah but but for all three types the problem the real like the unhealthiness the problem the the explosion whatever the thing comes down to the reality that these types are ignoring or trying to escape the problem in front of them they're trying to not address it with their body and their intuition they're trying to be happy and maintain a, a, a positive look of the future well put like that that is the preference and when that like you you can't ignore problems forever like we said when we talked about uh competency and like with me and jeff sometimes you can ignore problems and they'll go away on their own but there are some things that these this Uh, the pairing of these two types will ignore until it becomes a dam that's breaking and it's going to wash everything away.
1: That's well put TJ. That's uh, I love the exclamation point that you put, put on that. Um, You guys want to talk about competency group and competency group?
0: This is the marriage I'm in. And one of my children is a five. And so one, three fives, we all solve problems with our head. This is again, you know, a place of real connection of my, my wife and I have the chemistry at that one, three place we both want to achieve. We want to do some stuff and something breaks and she's moving towards, okay, what's the goal? And I'm moving towards what's right. And a lot of times there's an overlap. It's a very thoughtful or action oriented way of coming to problems in good news. And in bad news, we don't care about each other's feelings in that space. And feelings are gonna be an obstacle to us getting back to where we, we need to be, and those can get set aside for a minute because really, what do feelings o- offer us in the midst of problems? Nothing. Let's go. Long term strategy wise, that doesn't that that's not gonna be helpful because your lack of addressing your emotional life can catch up with you and really make you an unhealthy person. Or you know, it's, or you haven't actually wrestled with how did you know, these things that you were trying to achieve when they didn't go through, how did it make you feel? Because all those people left, all those people, you know, didn't care about you or, uh, you know, this, this, um, perhaps if you're an unhealthy one, three or five, you know, your way of being in the world actually really put some people off, you know, see Sherlock, for example, um, Sherlock solving problems with his heads and just <laughs> neglecting, not even caring about people's emotions and is just very curt and dry and here's the data deal with it. And you know, the relational damage that takes place there can be severe. As a quick side note, ha- have we typed Watson? Uh, I mean I would want to say a Watson probably a two or I, I don't think we did though.
2: Yeah okay. then never mind. Uh, I think a, a really important thing to note with these types is that emotions cannot be set on the shelf. Like your heart center cannot be ignored for long-lasting commitment, even if it's your business partner or or a total stranger that works in the cubicle next to you or a teacher that you're never gonna see again after this year. Your emotional space cannot be ignored, and there's whole generations of people who had to learn the hard way that dealing with their emotions is something that you have to figure out how to do. And so when ones, threes, and fives find themselves across the table from another one, three, or five, that this is something that it's easy and natural and safe to to say, you know what, we're going to deal with the emotions later. Let's solve the problem. But when that... Practice becomes habitual, eventually you are going to come up against a problem where the thing that needs to be solved is your emotional state, and you've never learned how to do that. Yeah. Particularly unself aware ones, threes, and fives will not even know that the thing that they're bringing to the table is their emotions. And then the person across the table from them can't solve that because it's not being, you don't have all the data anyway. Because the person that's bringing the problem isn't giving a complete picture because they can't see it for themselves. So there's there's a reality to all problems, all conflict have an emotional component and you cannot ignore that and live a full successful life.
1: Yeah, it seems to me that the, the potential for deep intimacy could be missing in this yes. in this comp- competence competency incompetence. Uh, because even if, I mean, my wife joke about joke about this, where she when she makes fun of me, or she's sarcastic, or she gets angry, I'll be like I'll be like, uh, like that's kind of sexy, honey. You know, because <laughs> there's there's juice there, and even if it's Anger or some other emotion, there's there's some some sort of juice there, whereas there could the ones and threes or threes and fives and that if they don't let get their heart out in the open, it could lack lack some juice there, and mm-hmm. that's the opposite problem which we're going to talk about when you have the emotional response and emotional response people, yeah. uh, but yeah. so I think that's it, the thing that I'm I'm thinking about is uh, not. Um everything could be going well. You could be doing conflict well. You could be be a great, great team, but continuing to press forward so that there there can be that realization of or that po- reaching that potential for great intima- intimacy in the relationship.
0: Yeah, it might it might come in different spaces than you know, either in problem solving or even at their centers. Um some some stuff might really get awakened for fives when they're at the high side of their stress number. For example, the, the sevenness may come out, and it may have you know more a different kind of element that all of a sudden is thrust forward. Um, you know, I could see that for the the one going into security at seven. Likewise, you know, may get beyond their rigidness, as it were, their like their moral their mores, and push into something that's more explorative. And then, you know, threes may have something at six in six space, but I do think you're right. I mean, I, just cause I'm in this sort of relationship, I, th- I think that this is tr- like, I, I, I suppose I hear of other people's romantic relationships and, and their kicks. And I'm just like, really, that's where, where you go. i I'm, I'm fair. I'm fairly surface level. And as been said on our podcast numerous times, I just don't talk about romance or sex very often. It's just, that's not the thing that, that energizes me in those ways it's not that's that's my presence in the world it really is not defined by my sex life whereas I understand a lot of people like that actually is where their mental and physical lives go I'm gonna accomplish some stuff I'm gonna build some stuff and I'm gonna just get juiced on that front and lo and behold the three is amazing on these fronts and our connectedness takes place there And it and there there is a, a physical emotional sexual uh, dynamic that does color you know some of the energy that goes, you know, in those spaces. So,
2: and and even backing up and looking at the difference between uh, a romantic partner, a romantic partnering of these of this type, and a non-romantic partnering of this yep. type. The romantic pair has an automatic sort of leg up into the emotional space because you have to like. Being in a partnership like that, you have to deal with emotions sometimes, whether you want to or not, because you have them and you express them. There's a lot of partners like this that are non-romantic, so thinking a little bit more siblings or uh, business partners or, like I said, like the, the person in the cubicle next to you. There's still a level of emotionality here that is easy to ignore, that you won't have real relationship if you do ignore it. Yeah. That, that means like if you are not addressing the emotional part of these kinds of conflicts, then you're just automatons working next to each other on an assembly line.
0: What my, in my experience, what ends up happening is the three and the five, they actually do get into their emotions mm-hmm. when they're secure. And that would make sense. It would be about three going to six. The five is going to eight. There, there is a now. Now that I have my motive fulfilled, now that I'm feeling good, now I can talk about my inner life. And of course, right. for the one, they will get to emotions very quick when they're stressed out. Right. And it's going to be in that space of of self understanding and bringing forth all of the. This is how I feel will come out for the one in that space. So good.
1: Uh, any more thoughts, or should we move on to? The emotional response, emotional response.
0: Yeah. Four, six, eights, emotional response. Again, you're going to see a lot of pairings here, especially Mm. four, six, and six, eight. I know a ton of six, eight couples. Yep. They know how to fight, and there's going to be a, or hopefully they know how to fight. They at least do fight, (laughs) and then they're going to learn how to fight, maybe Mm. Um, (laughs) as it goes. But, but it's, are you on my team? 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 Yes. Let's. And that is just how <laughs> the dynamic, the very opposite to the 135, correct?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, there it, you go. Yeah, it's the opposite side of the existential it's, point. It's,
0: <laughs> it's the scene in Ratatouille, like where, where Remy is going through the vent and the two lovers, French lovers, have pistols. And like <laughs> the guy says, You don't have the guts. And she shoots the gun and, and they both look and they're like, <gasps> And then they start kissing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah. my yeah there's the the emotional space occupied by these types like they like bringing their emotions to the table can be like the, there's a lot of connection there the like emotional relational energy the the subjectivity of these types they they are continually bringing that to the, the conflict to the problem solving in front of them that can be great because it's all about relational connectivity but it can also be really problematic because they can't necessarily like when they are unhealthy they can't necessarily see each other's emotional space and they can't see, like, especially if it's a if different type. So, like, if it's an eight and an eight, it's going to be its own, own kind of dynamic. But if it's an eight and a six, they might be shooting past each other because they're talking about different parts of their emotionality. Mm. A four and an eight are talking about very different parts of their emotionality. Yep. This is one of the reasons that four, eight, eight couples have so much problems because until they figure out what they can connect on, they're both bringing entirely emotional space to the table and they don't know how to talk to each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Gonna value highly authenticity. And that's probably going to be their magnet. Yep. I have a confession to
1: make. Um, I've watched the first couple seasons of love is blind. uh, And (laughs) I don't really go for reality shows that much. I definitely do not like The Bachelor. I just, it, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I don't watch those shows. But the Love Is Blind concept was really interesting to me because you didn't, you got engaged to the other person without seeing them. But kind of like The Voice, mm-hmm. where you pick somebody based on their voice, not how they look. This 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 yeah. concept is really in, intriguing to me because you would basically you would in, get engaged and propose just through having heart-to-heart conversations behind a wall for. A couple weeks right and so it's really it's like oh this is a really interesting experiment here but then you know because i don't watch reality shows uh, i found it knowing the enneagram i found it really really intriguing to see these combinations at play here mm-hmm. and uh, one of them was a four and an eight uh, combination and they would fight and fight and yeah. <laughs> to jeff to your point then then all of a sudden they'd be making out <laughs> it's like and the, the four <laughs> the four would be doing the pushing and the, the push-pull thing, like just being mm-hmm. animated and then push-pull, and then the eight does, like, doesn't know what they're doing. It, it's like, what, what is going on? I, but then they kind of like the chaos at, <laughs> and the intensity of the... Unpre- it's the intensity. It's not the, yeah. They're not, The four wasn't predictable, and they're all over the place, and the eight mm-hmm. kind of like that, and the eight's loyal, so the, the eight's not going anywhere. It's not getting depressed and passive-aggressive and leaving. The eight's fighting for the relationship so there's just lots of fighting fighting passion and making up and <laughs> it, it was a really yeah it was really fun to see kind of these combinations uh, play out and then the tv loves it the tv <laughs> loves these emotional response and emotional response couples because it makes for good tv mm-hmm. but yeah
0: yeah the, one threes and fives not very commonly put on uh, reality tv shows like they, <laughs> they,
1: <laughs> yes so i was saying there's there's eight, lots of juice. is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, lots yep, of right?
2: juice.
0: Yep. Lots of juice. Lots of juice. As you were talking, I was like, do you, I don't know if anyone listening like has a crush on a podcaster. Like that would be that sort of thing. Like you you you've never seen this person before, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but you're you're like this person is amazing. I would really like to go out to dinner with this person. Yeah, I could see that happening. Anyway.
2: I have a crush on a podcaster, but it's myself, so yeah, it doesn't right like <laughs> <laughs> Wow.
1: TJ just went to the low side of three there. And
0: pretty quickly. His voice is so smooth. It's, it's just black like, like butter.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I stare at my websites that I create TJ and It's a little too long and find pleasure in it.
2: It happens. It happens. I get it. <laughs> no, but uh, there, there is a like thinking about the the pairing here that it's interesting to think that the problems that might need to be solved might get pushed into the back burner because we bring the emotional space first like we 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 want to solve the emotional spot first so if there's a practical problem that needs to be solved we might not get past the emotional space, we might hit this wall and either, you know, s- start having sex instead, or like this might be the place where the relationship breaks because we can't get over this hurdle to get to the functional parts of of the conflict or, or whatever else is happening. In romantic situations, there is hopefully a commitment there that keeps bringing us back to the same well. Um, there's uh, I I can easily see like an eight and a six not being able to get past the emotional space of of the six express express expressing their their loyalty concerns and the eight feeling like they're constantly being challenged, like they're constantly being questioned, like that loyalty that they committed to in the first place is always being questioned, and not being so, so for me, from, from my understanding, the real problem when it comes down to it for four, sixes and eights, when they are paired with another four, six and eight is being able to see the other person's emotional space. Yeah. When you can't see the effect that you are having on someone else, then you're not going to be able to resolve conflict. When you can't see that your questioning of the other person's loyalty or your your own focus on your emotions means that you can't see the other person, then that person doesn't feel seen. And when you're both doing the exact same thing, you can't see the other. You're only seeing yourself in this space.
0: Well put. One thing that got brought up, which I had not thought to bring up is that sometimes we have relationships with people who are our same type mm-hmm. and in romance, it doesn't happen that often. But I, th- I think as you were t- as speaking, I, I do, I have seen eight, eight and eight, especially when you're young, you can, you, you might connect with somebody that you're same same type, but that eight, eight, eight dynamic, I do know mm-hmm. a, a handful of one, one couples. Um, I think ones are maybe the most likely to come together on these fronts. This is where I know, Tyler, you're a big fan of, of instincts and in those discussions. But if it's the case that you are in a romantic relationship with, an, with a person of your same type, I bet you it's the case your instincts are very... Yeah. That's where the disconnect, the not the complimentariness is probably going to be severe.
1: Yeah, I ran into a two threes that were married to each other. I'm like, what in the world? Kay. How? I
0: don't know when. It's the couple in uh, Christmas Vacation, who are the neighbors. <laughs> why is the carpet
1: wet margo
2: i don't know todd
1: i the, the with the three couple the one of them i think is a self-pressed three with a four wing with more of a four wing at play right now and yeah. the other one was more of a mm-hmm. sexual three with a more of a two wing so yeah there's that is that's an interesting point jeff that that yeah we can marry our same type or be a have a best friend that's a that's the same type. Uh, I love yeah. getting around threes that love encouragement and we can just encourage each other back and forth all day. Right. It's like I might have time yeah. for this. Yeah. I I don't need to go anywhere.
0: <laughs> you get a trophy. No, you get a trophy. Yes. No, you get
1: yes. the trophy.
2: It's the 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 thank you note for the thank you note that you sent me. <laughs> like it it you know all all of these things have a potential to become an infinity mirror, yeah. but um, uh, the yeah, there's there can be some some energy derived from feeling from being par- across the table from your same type.
1: Well, again, this is where all these these this four part conversation, like I keep saying, it's it's uh like a 3D. Uh, and last night I was thinking, well, it's kind of is it 9D or is it what how many <laughs> dimensions is this? I don't know, uh, <laughs> but uh, the emotional response group can at least each other they'll they'll know that they care. Like they, they care enough mm-hmm. to express themselves and they can find common ground. But then, as you know, the type, then you can understand w- how they're going to miss each other, where the potential conflicts might might arise. So its just again, helpful to keep staying on the journey and keep learning all the different layers.
2: Yep. And And even in the midst of us all having conflict, our stance still plays a role. Uh, are we withdrawn? In our in our positive outlook, are we withdrawn in our emotional response? Are we withdrawn in our competency? Like, like I know the answer, but I'm not going to put it forward until I I'm asked about it. That might be the case with fives. Yeah. Um. And and our like reactive, uh, uh, the independent stance, like these all play a role in how we solve our problems. Our own personal motivation plays a role in how we solve these problems. Nines want peace and and harmony we want to avoid conflict so this is part of why we say that that there is no problems because we don't want to face the hardness of dealing with this conflict um the our own primary intelligence center plays a role like all of this is the the map informs all of the rest of the map so so becoming more and more aware Uh, just being aware that you are the type of person who pretends like the problem doesn't exist. That's a huge step in the direction of, of learning how to be better in relationship with other people,
1: et cetera. Jeff, any, if we start wrapping up here, my goal is to try to make this shorter than the previous conversation as a three. I'm like, my goal (laughs) is to try to make it a little
0: bit shorter. (laughs) I had said early on that this is the most important thing that I've learned in Enneagram. And that's because in my family, there's three of us who our coping style is the same. We all are, um, competency. And so when problem emerges, three of us have a language that we speak. It's just, it's very quick. Like, and even if it's the case, that the you know the data is being elevated, the goal is being elevated. We're still solving that problem on the same wavelength, and I want to say it's a it's almost a language that we speak. And then the fourth member of our family has a problem, and all of us end up speaking a very different language, and that can feel ostracizing when somebody isn't engaging problems the way that you do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's it can be befuddling to the rest of us, you know, especially if you share a problem solving, um, coping style that, you know, and and you team up, you know, against the other person, (laughs) you know, um, and so just being able to name your coping style and how you're solving problems really does it, you're, you're naming the game that's being played. You're naming, you know, a, we're on a football field as it were, and you're playing baseball over here. And just being able to say that, that there's different ways that you're trying to get back to center so that you can get your motive, because that's actually what we all want. We don't want to be problem solving. We want to be in that space where we're centered, where we're able to get the thing that we want most. That's what Engram is all about, is your motive there. And you know, being able to to engage people at that wavelength can be incredibly helpful, because if you don't, obviously things are going to break because you're already in problem solving mode.
2: And it, it cannot be said enough This, that doing self-work is great, good, like this this is the best thing that you can do to improve any relationship that you have. And so it's good that, that you want to work on this thing. If the person across the table from you, if your spouse, if your co- cubicle partner, your child, uh, the, like whatever else, if they're not in a space where they are interested, are uh, aware of their own Enneagram type, you are not allowed to type them. Number one rule of Enneagram typing is that you are not allowed to type other people. You but if you wanna break the rule, there's a fantastic loosely. way to do it. Just name how they problem <laughs> solve. You can
0: totally just yeah. name it. Yeah. So just if you
2: <laughs> are trying to resolve, like if you're trying to come to spaces where you have continual conflict with the same person and they don't know your type or they don't know their type, then maybe introduce the Enneagram to them. They we have a podcast called Start Here that is all about learning your type and why this is valuable. Better uh, there's, uh,
0: <laughs> What? It's a better way than me, than my... Never mind. <laughs> I'm sad.
2: I'm in a weird <laughs> mood today. Totally fine. Uh, the, there's no problem here. The... <laughs> It's just really, really important to know that you can't type another person. You can guess and hold that loosely, but if you really want to get down to this, the other person needs to be into the enneagram on their own right, and they are the only ones
1: who can type themselves. Good point, TJ. Um, and that, but that doesn't rule doesn't go for typing uh, people in TV shows or movies. Uh, you no, know, that's different. <laughs> that's a different thing. They don't
0: exist, so you're not actually typing a person. Uh, Exactly. Just naming a concept tool, work. tool for yeah. learning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this has been a great conversation. We've covered so much valuable insight and wisdom. Again, uh, any last thoughts, Jeff? TJ? I got nothing. I got nothing. Okay. Well, we definitely gave uh, the listeners or those watching a lot to chew on. Um, if you love this conversation, remember this is a four-part series. Next time we'll be talking about centers of intelligence.
0: Get ready for a longer one
1: <laughs> centers of intelligence <laughs> uh, so if in case you're not watching or listening to this on around the circle make sure to go and subscribe to around the circle on apple or spotify uh, so you can listen to amazing some more amazing episodes like this that are never under one hour uh, so you definitely get your money's worth <laughs> there
2: hey once or twice once or twice we've been under an hour <laughs> our announcement episodes
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I love this connecting with you I mean as a three yeah I could take this transcript and go make some bullet point bullet points in chat GPT but I am not gonna do that because <laughs> I love talking with you guys and uh, just really really enjoy it. So yeah go subscribe to the podcast the other podcasts like, like start here the find your type podcast. TJ mentioned is another great one, and then the other podcast for movie uh, movie characters, uh, the pop culture podcast is very movie typing. Movie typing is very enjoyable. Uh, you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. The links will be uh, below. But as a reminder, um, man, yeah, listen, stay tuned for part four coming up. But thanks so much for watching today. Remember, stay curious, keep learning, keep growing, and make sure to put into action. The things that you just learned from tj and jeff and uh, we'll see you in part four stay tuned